Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, uh, welcome back to The Sportive. We are currently doing something I don't think we've ever done before, which is recording an addendum to a previous episode. Uh, last night, Stu and I – I'm John Marthaler, by the way. You probably know that if you're listening to The Sportive. Uh, Stu and I recorded an episode after the after the whole news that Zach Parisi was scratched and that the whole culture of the Minnesota Wild was changing. We talked a lot about it last night. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend Chicken Finger sixty nine couldn't be there, so now I have him on the Sportive Hotline. Chicken, how you doing? I am fantastic, John. How are you? I am. I'm living the dream. It is. I'm only guessing by what I can see from outside my window, but it's 135 degrees outside today. The warmest day in the history of Minnesota. So I don't see how anyone could be unhappy. Paradise. It's such a great snow melting day. Sunny, warm, a little bit of breeze. Um, Man, that's snow. That's a a day that melts snow, John. Mm -hmm. That's what it's. The only. The only person not living in paradise today is wild winger Zach Parisi. Scratched yesterday for the first time in 49 years. His 49-year NHL career, the first time it's ever happened. Uh, I'm curious about your thoughts about this. I think a lot has been made of this already. It was it was funny. The, the news broke halfway through yesterday, and it was very much a breaking news kind of day on every Minnesota news website that basically treated it like – the the biggest breaking for a while it was the most read story on startribune.com just because people were so flabbergasted by the whole thing but i want to get your thoughts as well oh man where to start um let's start with you talking about it just simply being a such a sea change in this right. organization the uh you know for years years across multiple coaches and multiple gms um I don't want to say inmates ran the asylum, but that's, I don't have a better term for it. Um, I can recall three-on-three overtime shift, three-on-three <laughs> overtimes where Miko Koivu was out there for <laughs> two and a half minutes. Miko Koivu, the corpse of Miko Koivu was out there for two and a half minute shifts. Um, <laughs> Didn't even have the, a stick. One of his skates had fallen <laughs> off. He's still out there. Won't go back to the bench. When... The, it, the Wild had clearly established themselves as the worst three-on-three overtime team in the history of the league. And this wasn't just an anomaly, small sample size, like they were 0-4 or something. I mean, they were 
their their record I couldn't tell you obviously off the top of my head, but I know it's the worst in, in the <laughs> oh, in forty two. It was it, it was, was about like that. Remarkable and it was solely because the the players like the, the, the supposed leaders and the veterans on this team looked upon these premium minutes as their their birthright in a sense mm-hmm. that they make the most money. They've been a law around the longest and these minutes belong to them and they'd be out there um, at these times they were ineffective but no changes were ever made ever and they would do this repeatedly now yeah. this the number of times and- the number of times three on three overtime was koivu and two defensemen it was just absolutely flabbergasting <laughs> They're playing a neutral zone trap three on three <laughs> over to like what? That doesn't really make any sense. Uh, yeah, so for this to to happen, that that Parisi took, whether you let's, I don't want to get too much into whether Parisi is right or wrong on his explanation. I think that that's been hashed out enough by those, and people can make up their own decisions. I set that aside. That it was looked at by the coaching staff and I think Bill Guerin more than anybody as wrong. And he was made to pay for it. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a sea change in this organization. It's just remarkable that, that such blatant liberties have been taken over the years by veterans and, and gone unpunished that such a, what could be considered as kind of a gray area liberty. I'm not saying it is, but I think reasonable people, reasonable people could, agree that, yeah, yeah, maybe he he has a point, maybe he doesn't, but that there even is, is a question, and Bill Guerin's like, no, you, you're sitting, you're scratched. Um, I just find it remarkable. I find it remarkable that it is a, it is a watershed moment in my franchise. Do you think ultimately Bill Guerin was behind this kind of thing, or at least, I mean, certainly he was supportive of it, or maybe it doesn't matter whether he's supportive of it because it's could be a coach's decision, but ultimately, do you think that Garen was consulted or part of this? I think here's the way that I would explain it. I think that it could have been Evans, it could have been Dean's idea, it could have been Bill's idea. At the end of the day, it only happens because of Bill Garen. Right. And what I what I mean by that is this is not a decision that Chuck Fletcher makes. Um, Correct. And the reason that I reason I believe it is because of the career, the NHL career that Bill Guerin had offers him enough equity with the players to make a decision like this. Right. You don't scratch, healthy scratch a Zach Parisi unless you have the NHL career that Bill Guerin did to back it up or that you just, uh, that you just truly don't give a shit. <laughs> um, you know, Chuck Fletcher was a, a son of a GM. I don't If he had a, a hockey career, I don't think it amounted to much. Um, maybe it was some prep school in Philadelphia or something. Who the hell knows? Um, Paul Fenton had an NHL career, but it was, well, I don't know, John. I couldn't tell you what it was. I suspect it's probably somewhere between like 100 to 500 NHL games or somewhere in that neighborhood. Unremarkable yeah. eight-year career. You know, his his career was unremarkable if, if he had an NHL career really at all. I know he played in the NHL. I just don't think it was much there's much there bill garen was a player right he was mm-hmm. <laughs> and a leader and so he can stand there and, and and make this decision and say to zach look i've i've seen it all 
Um, you may not disagree, you may not agree with the decision I'm making, but it's coming from a point of experience where Chuck Fletcher could never say that to a player like Parisi, and it can right. never, even Fenton could never say that. Um, so that's why I think it's entirely on Garen. This decision is entirely on him. It doesn't right. get and made without a guy like that. Definitely, and he also. It's a little bit like he set the groundwork for all of this stuff, resetting the culture of the wild, which for so long has been that collegial, everybody everybody defers to the veteran leaders kind of culture. Just the stuff like letting Koivu go to Columbus rather than re-signing him on some mm-hmm. one-year deal to play fourth-line center or whatever. Farewell or, con- a fair, it would be called a farewell contract, right? I mean, that's what it would yeah. be, is so that you can retire as a— as a wild, as a yeah. wild, as in, <laughs> well, as the one wild, of, one of as the other. <laughs> man, I, I the... man, I hate non-plural names. It's the worst. <laughs> just the worst. Um, Dev, I, I think the maybe the key example of that, and I have no idea what was going on behind the scenes, but the key example might just be trading Eric Stahl to try to change yeah. the culture somehow. Because Stahl, of course. Yeah deservedly was a huge leader and a huge part of the wild. He's had a great career. He scored 40 goals for the wild, which scoring 40 goals for the Minnesota wild is like scoring 70 goals for any other NHL team. (laughs) But he, he certainly, he certainly was in that same group as Parisi or Suter or Miko Koivu. That is somebody that's going to get deferred to and Garen up and traded him for, (laughs) <laughs> for a winger who theoretically could play center but is never going to play center because he's terrible at it. And like you say, that is just setting the groundwork in a lot of different ways that the way that things were before are not the way they're done now. And it gives space to a guy like whether it was Garen's decision, whether it was Evanson's decision, whether it was both of them together, however you look at that, it's – it's definitely Garen that is the one that is setting that expectation yeah. and setting that culture. Yes. Do you think now, here's another question. I, I speculated a little, a, a little bit about this before, but do you think this is in some way laying the groundwork for another attempt to trade him or another attempt to maybe soften up that no move clause that Parisi has for 49 more years? I think it was made entirely for the reasons that you already offered with, with the, the culture change, the accountability, right. and, and this, how it impacts his, his future, his, how it impacts his contract, his willingness to, to waive a, a, a no-trade clause. Um, I think that that was done, that this decision was made with that as a secondary concern. I just don't think, I think Bill's like, look up, that all, all, that stuff, all that dust will settle. I'm not going to worry about that. I've got a team that's trying to, you know, make the playoffs right now. That's his biggest concern. That's the way I read it. And, and he's basically saying, look, if it works out great, if Zach wants out, that's fine by me too. It's not a concern of his. I don't think. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily I don't, think that the point is to try to make no. Parisi seek a trade or anything like that. I don't. If they were going to do that, they would bench him for four games or something like that. And I don't think anybody yeah. got the sense that's what's happening here. There, I don't think there's ulterior motives. I just think he's indifferent towards that. Uh, that that will take care of itself, I think, is the way he looks at it. It's more about accountability. Right. 
But that said, will it impact Preeze's ability to wave it? I suspect it would. I don't think it. I don't think it like strengthened his stance on wanting to stay here forever. Right. I think he was ready to be traded last spring, and and Koivu nixed that. You know, nixed that potential when they had the, the trade lined up with the Islanders. Right. Um, my recollection of that was it was something like uh, the Wild would get Lad, a first round pick, and Kiefer Bellows, who was kind of a, oh interesting, a first round pick that had fallen out of favor and, and continues to fall out of favor in, in New York for Parisi and and Koivu and and Parisi. It was my understanding was open to it. It was Koivu that that nixed it. He, oh. he had a, a no trade clause also. I, uh, it's just not something talked about locally, but it was made public. It's all nobody, right. nobody, um, nobody talks about it. But it was, but nobody disputes it either. It, and, it's funny you say that because I, I mean, I had definitely heard of the Parisi to the Islanders rumors, and that was something that was very public even here. But I honestly either hadn't heard or didn't know until now that the idea was Parisi and Koivu for multiple picks. I thought it was. I thought it was more along the lines of Parisi for Andrew Ladd, and both of us can be, both teams can be mad about a different contract that goes on for seven more years. No, and, and um, you know, I've had multiple concussions and could be misremembering all of this, but so you're welcome to take all of those. Anyone who, Chris, whatever reason might be listening, can look it up, poor, but that's my recollection of the, of the trade. Poor Wade has to get to work right now. Trying to... <laughs> well, it only highlights my frustrations with Koivu and, and uh, I know people love right. him and I, look, I do get it. I, I understand why, why he has, you know, um, why there's affection for him in this, in this state. But uh, if you look at it beyond, if you scratch his career with Minnesota beyond just the, the surficial, his initial first five seasons, everything after that was, yeah. there's a lot there to be questioned. So, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think you necessarily are taking away from Koivu's entire career no, with the Minnesota Wild by saying at the end of the 2020 season he maybe was not the player he used to be. I, you can certainly appreciate that he played a thousand games for the Wild and is the only guy who's been here the whole time and that played under Jock Lemaire and everybody else, while also saying that by the end of his career he was at best a fourth line, oh. checking line kind of center. And John, I, I set all of that even aside. That the his ability is one like he can't he can only do so much to control that, right? His his diminishing right. ability. Um, but he got older and he got slower, and 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 he's going to play the role that the coach allows him to play, right? That's right. I, I, he's not going to say, "Hey, bench me." That's fine. It's the uh, it's the stuff beyond that. It's the two and a half minute overtime shifts that we already discussed. It's the right. Um, it's the lack of playoff production. Um, you know, his just complete disappearance in the playoffs when everybody says how much of a warrior he is. Okay. Well, there's no, maybe nothing in sports more, um, uh, you know, warrior, I guess, like it's kind of, it's a horrible analogy. I hate kind of the war terms used, but right. um, then the NHL playoffs, that's when guys step up and, and really show what they are. And, and he just continuously disappeared. And then there's the stuff like, you know, tanking a trade when this when this franchise is trying to rebuild from a from a you know trough that he helped create, and mm-hmm. then for him to, to wave the 
to not allow for the trade. I think there's just a lot there. Um, everybody talked about how great of a captain he is, and I I just think there's a lot there to to be questioned. And of course, what the hell do I know? I'm just a guy on the outside. It's things right. behind the scenes I'll, I'll never know or see. So that's uh, all kind of silly for me to question, I guess. Too. But. Yeah, but why would we even have a podcast if we weren't going to question this kind of stuff? Why Amen. would we even be here right now? Dude, I do it anyway. Did you so the second question is you I know you watched the first game against Vegas. Did you see last night's game as well? I did. Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I'm I'm curious about your uh, about your thoughts about this two game set because it really it really brought the optimism level to a screeching halt or just because they they blew the first lead and were never really in the game last night. Um they obviously created a lot of chances. It was funny. I saw the quotes from from the coach saying that it seemed like every good chance they had ended up in the back of our net. Well, that's not even close to true. I think Max Patchy already had about three times he should have scored in the first and second period and didn't last night. So, yeah, I, that seemed like a little bit of a, a little bit of a cover up, if you see what I mean. But I'm curious about your thoughts uh, about the last two games and maybe where that says the Wild are at right now. Yeah, I think I'm not nearly as pessimistic as you are. I, you say, you know, the, the optimism came to a screeching halt. Um, had they been just completely, out, thoroughly outmanned, um, I, I would be pessimistic. I don't think the first game they were outmanned in any way. It was unfortunate the way it it, uh, it played out. But, you know, an, an odd little hop on the Feligno stick at the end, and he gets his hat trick, and, and they come away with a victory. True. Last last night, I think you know the old saying: he ran into a hot goalie. I mean, what? Larry <laughs> Terry had like thirty-seven out of thirty-eight saves, um, many of which were the, um, Kaprizov in the slot on his forehand taking cannons that <laughs> that he saved. That, that's the that's how that's how you want this team to, to play is setting up Kaprizov in the slot to use his right. his cannon. And his, his abilities, and they just didn't go in. Um, I don't know. I mean, he they said he finished with like 10 shots, and, and I, I believe it. Uh, that's right. a career for a lot of NHL guys. <laughs> that's a season for a lot of NHL guys is 10 shots in a game. And he had, uh, you know, he had 10 shots in a game with a lot of guys that take a month to, to accumulate. So I saw a lot of good things. They just ran into a very um, good goalie. Now, that said, you know, the Wild don't have the collection of talent Vegas has. I, I don't like Vegas. I don't like that how they accumulated their, their, their players. I, I think socialism is a, is a disease. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I won't be a part of it, and I won't celebrate it. But I won't, um, I won't have it happen. <laughs> no, I, I just am not as uh, – and, and now, John, now what I'm learning, I didn't – I guess I'm sure everybody knows this. I didn't realize – did you know that Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft? With no, they aren't. That can't be right. I heard that last night. Why? Why would that? That that would be I, ridiculous. That would be pure ridiculousness. I, I, that is what I was told last night, and I, Man. I had the same reaction as you. Now I did not look it up to find out if it's true, but I'm going with it. I'm going with it. I like it, and it. Only highlights, further highlights my, my hatred of the way that the league has handled the expansion team. Expansion. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, we're looking this up. I'm going to try to look it up. All right. All right, there's... That article's from 2018. That's not going to help anything. This is the worst podcasting ever. I'm, I'm done trying to look it up. I'm done Fine. trying to look it up We're right going now. To the, but it's not even your job. It's, it's, true. it's Wade's job. Wade's the Wade's checker, and he can yep. do so, and he can he can come back to us. Why um, we don't just have Wade produce these podcasts and be here looking, looking these things up for us is beyond me. I don't even know. <laughs> John, I guess the bigger point I'd like to make about last night was, and I don't think the biggest – head scratcher in my perspective my opinion the biggest head scratcher decision made by the front office or coaching staff yesterday wasn't even Preezy being Preezy being benched it was starting Talbot for a second game in a row um when you've got Kakinen look Kakinen started a number of games in a row and I understand giving him a break fine start Cam game one but Kakinen also won five games in a row. He had a five-game winning streak. So you decide to bench him for two games in a row against one, you know, one of the better teams you're going to face. That, yeah. that starting tell about two games in a row, that's the one that didn't make a decision. And it ultimately, he gave up what five goals and then four goals. Yeah. So, and it's not like they had sixty shots each game. So it's, it's interesting. He- you look at Kakinen, and I, I know this was one of the things sort of on your wild report card for the season. Kakinen so far has not been that amazing lights out kind of thing. Like Flurry last night a little bit where he will steal a game for no. you. That hasn't happened yet. He hasn't stolen any games. But at the same time, he certainly has looked as capable as someone like Talbot or Devin Dubnik in his better years or something like that. Not that top-tier Carey Price in his prime kind of performance, but mm-hmm. more just a solid, solid enough goaltender. So, I, I think the Wild will have a interesting sort of line to walk this year between how are we going to, how we're going to get Kacken enough time in the net to continue to develop and continue to look at him while also getting Talbot in the net. Sometimes they just Alex Stalock, unfortunately, they just lost on waivers to Edmonton because. They weren't about to send Kakinen back to Iowa, so they had to try to sneak Stalock through. And apparently the Oilers, I didn't know this, but apparently they have lost two or three goalies this year already on waivers. And so basically are just going to put three or four of them on their roster for the rest of the year 
because when unfortunately all the Canadian teams, if you're going to pick up a goalie and they're not already in Canada, they have to quarantine for two weeks once they get there. So they're just going to yeah. try to load up and they're never going to get caught short again. And unfortunately, Stalock, who I liked a lot, got caught up in that. And sure. just the, the way things have gone, they ended up losing him. But it also means that the Wild are maybe shorter one goalie than they thought they were going to be coming into the year. They they did sign Andrew Hammond, but now he's basically the Iowa's goaltender. So I I think the Wild are going to have a, that line to walk about how much do they play Kakinen? Because I don't think I don't think they want to play him. Obviously, with a fifty-six game season, you're not going to get him in there sixty-five times. But I don't think they necessarily wanted to play him the equivalent of having him start sixty-five times in a normal season. But at the same time, like you say, I think the team's present and future might be better served by getting Kakinen in there. Uh, you can't have him sit two games in a row. Is my right. only is my only yeah. point that I understand needing to give him relief. I do not understand sitting him two games in a row after he won five games in a row. Well, I have that's I have a strong feeling after last night that that's not going to happen again anytime soon. Well, it better not. Um, that's I think the biggest disappointment I had out of last night. Um, I, I for me to take an optimistic role is certainly unique <laughs> but i am it happened before and maybe we'll close up further furthermore what another trend i'm kind of looking at is is playing time and, and who's getting one the minutes and who's getting the premium minutes who's getting the power play minutes who's getting the premium minutes and looking at the right. box score um the trends that i'm seeing are, are the kind of trends i think anybody should want to see you know, you, right. You look at the minutes for the defenseman. That's a separate thing, right? They, they you're going to have Dumba Brodeen, uh, Suter, um, those guys, Spurgeon. Those guys are going to get your the majority of the minutes on the mm-hmm. That's the way it works. But I'm looking more at the forward minutes. Um, you know, the, the guys that played the least are are were Rao and Mayhew and Sturm and Bukestad. That's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And the guys, the guy that got the most minutes was Capsaw. That's what I want to see. Um, Eck got the next most forward minute. I want to see stuff like that. Um, that's the kind of trends that I'm looking at. I think their production will continue to come. You know, Kaprasov's not going to get stonewalled by Flurry every game. Um, his his goals are going to continue to come. Uh, I just want to see him given opportunities. And I think from Capriz from the ice time perspective for Kaprizov, it's amazing how quick it has turned into like the first two years of Marion Gabrick's career. Because back then, Jacques Lemaire was the coach, and Lemaire loved to juggle his lines every minute of the game. He Oh, he loved he, for it to be about him. But yeah. his coaching was the – it wasn't about the players. It was about his coaching. He, I, I really didn't like him. I never have. I, I never understood the celebration of him. Right. Um, but, but, but the thing I remember with him was pretty soon it would be – Instead of juggling lines, it would just be Gabrick and whoever else happened to not be breathing too hard on the bench. And in the third period, it would be Gabrick getting 17 shifts and everybody else getting six somehow. And the same way, already with Kaprizov, it's like, well, who should we put out there? Well, it's the power play. We should probably put Kaprizov out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Killing penalties? Well, I guess we should probably put Kaprizov out there. Uh, it's five on five. Well, we're going to have Kaprizov be out there every other shift now because why would we not want him on the ice? 
Uh, you so, know, I want to make one more point, Jen. Uh, that one thing I thought was interesting. So, Crazy's comments yesterday about do you recall when when interviewed about his his healthy scratch? Crazy mentioned how his teammates had his back, mm-hmm. and that the excuse he gave was he was trying to get Polygno a a, a hat trick in the game. That's why he stayed out there extra long. Um, I, I saw it noted by many people that. With with Preezy being a healthy scratch, Foligno ended up getting the, the assistant captain on his on right. the, the A patch on his jersey. So um, I thought that was interesting. But, but even more than that, what I what I thought was interesting, the first power play the Wild got, um, they couldn't get their number one power. The, the Wild couldn't get their number one power play on the ice because they had just been out there for like a minute and a half. So Kaprizov, and they don't um, have a number one power play. Well, they they now do. I think. I mean, their number one power play actually looked pretty good last right. night. But the, the very first power play, they couldn't get those guys out there right away, so they had yep. to send their second unit out there, which typically has Parisi on it. And mm-hmm. you know who took Parisi's spot on the second power play? Um, was Foligno. <laughs> I mean, you see, right. I just left-handed guy on the half wall playing Parisi's role, and, and uh, I just in my head, I kind of thought it was interesting, like. You know, yeah, Toledo probably has Parisi's back, like like Zach said. But if you really like went into his, his psyche and his subconscious, I'm not sure Marcus would be like. I'm sure he was kind of like, well, you know what? I kind of like playing on the power play, and I I kind of like being the assistant captain. So, um, yeah. next this game Parisi's back. Oh, so, says, "Listen, I got your back so much. I'm going to wear your jersey. I'm going to wear your jersey <laughs> and your number." It's going to have A on it, and I'm going to be on the power play for you. I want to support you, Zach. I just thought it was interesting, the kind of the, the uh, I don't know, the irony of how that played out. Right. All right, I have one more question before we wrap this up. Are you concerned about Kevin Fiala? I know he's one of the guys that everybody's watching this, watching right now. He hasn't scored a goal in the last six games. I think he's got one point in that span. Uh, maybe two points in that span, and it was against the Kings, so it doesn't really count. Uh, are you concerned about his lack of being a difference maker right now? Hmm. No. I think he is. Um, I'm not concerned about him specifically. I think I'm concerned. My concern is about the roster as a whole, that the, the team simply doesn't have the depth to surround him with the type of players he would need to be successful. Sure. That's my concern. Um, he is very talented. He had a number of shots and opportunities last night. I think those things come. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, he'll, get a, he'll get a cheap one and, and probably go on a streak. I'm, I don't have that concern yet. Maybe in a month if he's still there, let's, let's talk. Like my concern is that they don't have the ability to, to say, okay, let's make let's juggle this a little bit and see if we can get somebody else on a line with him to get him going. The right. way other teams may have more offensive depth. Um, you know, part I, I don't have a big problem with Nick Benino, but like that's their option. Like, oh, well, maybe we should try having him center with with Benino. <laughs> oh, okay, that's Nick Benino's not gonna, you know, spark. Anybody's offensive game. Uh, maybe we should have him, you know, partner him with Nico Sturm. Uh, God bless Nico Sturm, but you know he's a rookie and he's he's not going to you know spark anybody's offense production either. Right. Uh, 
they just have limited options to, to get him going. And that's probably my bigger concern. <laughs> Unfortunately, the solution to get any player going on the Minnesota Wild right now is, well, put him on the other side of Kaprizov and it'll be that's fine. That's it. They have limited options. They really do. <laughs> Greenway um, struggling, put him, up, put him opposite Kaprizov. That's right. And just hope they're maybe, you know, I don't know, try having eight forwards out there and see if the refs <laughs> notice. Maybe they won't yeah. notice. Yeah. Worth a shot. Well, <laughs> Good work. All right. I think that is, that's probably good. Uh, thank you for being here, Chicken. This has been edifying as always. And more importantly, it seems like maybe the sport of hotline actually worked, which we haven't gotten this to work in about four years. So I'm, I'm pretty happy about it, uh, about this right now. Thank you. I enjoyed it. All right. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 